give the Lord Jesus a great big hand clap of praise. Amen. If you have your Bibles, the book of Psalms, the 34th Psalm. As you're turning there, I give honor to all the people of God. God bless all of our visitors. Amen. Hallelujah. How many are thankful for our visitors? Amen. Book of Psalms, song number 34 and verse number 3. Say amen when you have it. Praise God. Say amen if you didn't bring your Bible. <laughs> all right. Praise God. Yes, oh me. Don't say amen. Say oh me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Psalm 34 and 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us, everyone say us, let us exalt his name together. Everyone say together. And I want to preach to you just for a few moments this morning on this subject, assembly required. Assembly required. Can we say that together? Assembly required. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful and it is anointed. God, I thank you for everything you're doing from the Philippines to Chula Vista. God, I know that you're able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can even ask or think. I pray that before this service is over, our minds, our hearts, our bodies would be healed, touched, and delivered. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would ignite a fire in our heart. In Jesus' name, and everyone shout amen. amen. Give the Lord Jesus a great big hand. Clap of praise. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand, tell them, I'm glad we're here together. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated. There are a lot of things that we take for granted here in America. There are a lot of things that we just assume exist everywhere. But they don't. And I don't have time to talk about all of those things. But I do want to talk about one that's very important. And that is the liberty to assemble to gather, to get together. One of the signs and the earmarks of a free society and people is that its government grants its citizens the right or the freedom to assemble. In fact, one of the signs that a country is losing its liberties and has come under some sort of oppression or tyrannical leadership is that its freedom to assembly is one of the first things taken away from it. I have been in countries where people are not allowed to assemble like we are allowed to assemble here today. I have been in countries where if you have church, the police will stand outside listening to what you say. And they are restricting the freedom to assemble. When we look at scripture, as both a spiritual and a historical document, we see the idea of freedom and assembly come to the forefront over and over again. 
Perhaps one of the best examples is that of the book of Exodus. And we see that Moses goes before the Pharaoh who had been severely oppressing the children of Israel. And he tells them to let God's people go. And he gives them the reason so that we might assemble in the wilderness and worship God. In fact, the Hebrew name for tabernacle, the Mishkan, inside of that word is the idea of assembly. And that's why in some Hebrew texts, it's actually called the tent of assembly or the tent of meeting. We can read in the book of Ezra and Nehemiah where they both request of their leaders of the countries they had been exiled to to let them return to Israel for the sole purpose of being free and assembling together. These are, of course, more literal examples of the human struggle for freedom and assembly. However, the Bible is also filled with examples where people were emotionally, spiritually, and psychologically held captive. And the minute they were released, the first thing they did was assemble. In the book of Luke, Jesus gives us a parable about two people. One loses a coin, the other loses a sheep. And immediately when they find these things, the first thing they do is call for all their friends so that they can get together to assemble. There is a God-given impulse within all of humanity to want to assemble when they have become free. When the woman and the shepherd got free from the feeling of having lost something, immediately they want to get together with their friends and shout about it. Oh, hallelujah. Have you ever lost something? I mean, you just feel like you can't get your day started when you lose your keys. You ever lost something? You just feel like something's wrong all day until you find it. It's, it's, it weighs heavy on you. It bothers you. But when you find it, you get excited. When you get it, when you find it, you start walking around the house telling everybody, hey, look what I found. You start wanting to assemble. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you right now, when you're free, you're going to want to come to church. When you're free, you're going to want to get together with people. When you're free, when you come out from it oh come on somebody help me preach we're not going to preach very long this morning hallelujah but I want you to exercise your freedom right now in Jesus Hallelujah! oh come on for about five more seconds I feel something beautiful in the house this morning Amen. Immediately following these two examples, Jesus gives us a third example of a man who loses a son. The son takes everything that his father had ever worked for and he squanders it in the world. Sin had him captive. And albeit not immediately, one of the first signs that the boy had become overrun with this sin is that he was not allowed to assemble with other people. In fact, at the very depths of his debauchery, and his sin, he is left all by himself. 
And I didn't really come to preach about this. But I do want you to know that one of the ways you know that sin has a little too much room in your life. One of the ways you know that you're not as free as you need to be is because you start not wanting to get together. I worry about the people who used to sit in the front that now sit in the back. I worry about the people that leave immediately after service. Come on, I'm, I'm, I know this might make some people feel uncomfortable. But when you start losing the desire to get together, to assemble, to stay after church and eat some loom. I worry about you. Hallelujah. I worry when you don't want to hang out for a little bit. Amen. With the brothers and the sisters. Amen. I worry about you. Amen. When you come in late and you leave early, it, it lets me know there's something going on that's keeping you back. I'm not here to attack you. I'm here in hopes. Amen. To shake that spirit off of your life and hopes that you might say, you know what? I'm done being bound by this. I want to be free and I want to assemble. I want to get together with somebody about Come on, let's get free right now in the hook. Oh, I feel something exciting in the house. Come on, come on. Praise God like some free people. Shout to Jesus like some free people. Clap to Jesus like some free people. Grab the hand of the person next to you like some free people. Oh, hallelujah. Let us magnify the Lord. Let us exalt his name together. Oh, praise him, praise him, praise him. Come on. We still preach church attendance. Amen. Not to have one more name on the roster, but because we're free. It's a sign that we're free. I can't help but to laugh when people tell me I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. No, you're bound. You know what you're telling me? I don't feel like I need to go to church. Honey, if you don't feel like you need to go to church, it's because you ain't free. Somewhere there's... And, and, and you might be saying, preacher, I ain't smoked a cigarette or, or, or drunk beer in years. Yeah, but you might be bound by a spirit of self-righteousness and self-justification. And thinking... Come on, there's some spirits that are worse than liquor. I'd rather talk to a drunk any day than a self-righteous somebody who thinks they don't need church, they don't need the Bible, they don't need God, they don't need friendship, they don't need fellowship. You can't hardly do something. You can't save somebody like that. But you give me somebody that says, take me to the house of God. Let me get to the altar. Let me hear the preaching. Let me repent of my sins. And let me get around some folk that are free. Come on, assembly is required. When you are free, you will be told by the Spirit of God, get together, get together, get together, get together. I feel like just praising God. I'm sorry. I'll be done preaching in a second. But there's, 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 some, there's something wonderful happening right now. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, we're just going to put it in park right here for a few seconds. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to exercise our freedom.
I'm not here because my wife made me come. I'm not here because my mama made me come. I'm not here because the pastor pressured me. I'm here because I'm a free person. And I'm here with my brothers and I'm here with my people. And I'm a free, free, free child of God. And assembly is required. This is part of the package. This is part of the blessing. This is part of the salvation. This is part of the liberty. This is... Somebody shout, I'm free. The young man was left all alone, wrapped up in sin. And then all of a sudden, he remembers a time. He remembers a time in his life when he was free. He remembers a time in his life where there was no drinking, there was no lying, there was no illicit relationships. Not only did he remember a time, he remembered a place. (laughs) Time is one thing. Remembering a place is another thing. Because some folks would rather remember the time but not the place. Oh, you know. You know the type. God's good, but I just can't go back to church. Oh, I believe what they preach, but you know, I just can't set foot back in that place. You got to remember the time and the place. If you're going to get free, you got to remember the time and the place. You got to remember the country, the location, the address. You got to remember the time and the place when you were free. Amen. He remembers that time and he remembers that place. And he says, I will go back unto my father's house. Because when I was there, amen, I was free. And when I was there, in fact, you'll notice he begins to talk about all the assembly that takes on in his father's house. He says, there were servants there. My father was there. My family was there. There was people everywhere. Why? Because it was a free place. It was a He said, I'm going to go back to my father's house. I'm going to go back to the place where I was free. And when he gets back to his father's house, his father meets him at the door. And the first thing the father says is, my son, who I thought was dead, is alive. And he said, you know what we're going to do right about now? Because I just got free. And my boy is free. We're going to call everybody to get together. And we're going to shout about it. We're going to call everybody to get together. And we're going to sing about it. We're going to... We're getting off work early today because it's time to celebrate. It's time. Come on. How many folks remember the time and the. Oh, praise him, praise him, praise him. I know we got a lot of visitors here. Visitor, I want you to know, I wasn't always in church. There was a time I was selling dope, working a tattoo shop, running with all kinds of thuggery. But I remember the time. 
And I remember the place. I know the church is under construction, but our building was not as beautiful as this. We had a small little cockroach-infested storefront. They had quinceañeras on Friday. We had church on Sunday. Came and smelled like beans and beer every Sunday. But that was, that was the place. Oh, yeah. That was the place where a suicidal young man came. And kneeled at the altar. That was the place where a drug addict came in and kneeled at the altar. That was the time and the place. Brother, I'll tell you right now. If I went back there right now, it'd probably still smell like beans and beer. But to me, it was a place. To me, it was a time. Come on, somebody. You may not be sure what you're doing here today. You might have think you just came for some Ponset and Lupia. But let me tell you, this is the place. This is the time for you to get free. Come on, if you're struggling with suicide, this is the time. This is the place. If you're struggling with drug addiction, this is the time. This is the place. If you're struggling with alcohol, this is the time. This is the place. If you don't know if you're going to live to see another day, this is the time. This is the place to get free. Come on, come on, come on. Church, we need to praise God right now. Because there's some visitors right now that are going to get free from depression. They're going to get free from suicide. They're going to get free from drug addiction. Come on, let's create an environment (laughs) that can be inhabited by deliverance, by liberty, by free. I'm going to just keep it real with the Hilltop Saints for about two seconds. I didn't really come to preach to y'all. But I want you to know, Saints, if I was you, I'd get worried any time. Amen. Unless it's some sort of emergency, I start getting that spirit of I don't want to go tonight. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not attacking you. I'm just letting you know you're... Your, your radar needs to turn on. Your, your, your signals need to go on. Your, your antenna needs to go up. And you need to realize, you know what? There's a spirit right now trying to take away my freedom. There's a spirit right now trying to inhabit and inhibit my life from the liberty that I have in Jesus Christ. I don't care what's going on. I don't care about the drama. I don't care who's singing the solo. I am free. And when I am free, I assemble. I get together. I... 
And devil, you ain't taking my liberty. Devil, you ain't taking my church. Devil, you ain't taking my sermon. Devil, you ain't taking my song. Devil, you ain't taking... Freedom begins with Jesus. I said freedom begins with Jesus. Scripture says, he who the Son has set free is free indeed. He who the Son has set free is free indeed. Freedom does not begin with money. Freedom does not begin, amen, with, with, with problems disappearing. Freedom does not begin with marital bliss. Freedom begins with Jesus. And I'm saying that because you can actually get all the other stuff, but you got to get the first thing first. You got to get Jesus first. Because if you don't get free by Jesus, you can have money and be bound. So liberty begins with Jesus. How do I get free in Jesus? Number one, you must repent of your sins. Yes, yes, you must repent of your sins and you must repent toward God. What do you mean? You can repent, but not towards God. There's people that repent towards the judge. There's people that repent towards people they've hurt, but only because they got caught. David said it this way after he had sinned. He said, against thee and against thee, O Lord, have I sinned. What David is not denying is that he hurt somebody else. But what David is saying is, God, you're the one who told me I can't hurt folks. And I ignored you first so that I can do that. And so I'm going to start at the top and work my way down. So before I apologize to my wife, before I apologize to the judge, before I apologize to my children, before I apologize to anybody else, I'm going to go to the root. I'm going to go to God first.
And I don't know why I feel to say this because this is not part of today's message. But let me just say this. When you know that somebody has done you wrong and they come to you to apologize, go ahead and do yourself and them a favor and say, you know what? I'm going to forgive you, but I'd like to see you go down to the church first and get that straightened out with God. Because if I forgive you, you're just going to do it again. But if you get straightened it out, if you get straightened out with God, you'll be free from this. And I- And you'll stop hurting people. And you'll stop hurting me. And you'll stop hurting the kids. But go ahead and have you a prayer meeting. And have a little talk with Jesus. And I don't know who I'm saying this to. But let me say this. There's somebody here. You don't repent because you know that if you repent, you've got to talk to all kinds of people and apologize and get all kinds of things right. Let me tell you. Go to God first and he'll work the rest out. Just go to God first. Just go to God first. Don't repent. Don't hold off on repentance. The Bible says hope deferred maketh the heart sick. When you put off repentance, when you put off the hope of salvation, when you put off, come on somebody, when you put it off, you're going to hurt in the end. Just get it right with Jesus and get it right now. And Repentance is not God, I'm sorry, till I do it again. You know, a lot of us, a lot of us don't understand there's a difference between confession and repentance. Let me, let me, let me just give you a little, little insight. When I sin, I confess my sin first. And then immediately I ask God, now help me to repent of this. Because repentance is something that is given to us by God. In Hebrew, the word for repentance is teshuva. In Greek, it's metanoia. In Hebrew, teshuva is just the verb to turn. In Greek, metanoia literally means a change of mind. And when you smash the two together, what you get is a change of direction and a change of mind. But that's... That's something that God's got to give you. You can confess. And and that is your part. You've got to confess. Every time I ever sin, I tell God, help me to know what my part in all of this is. Because the scripture does talk about self-control. And so there's a part of all my behavior that's up to me. And you got to have some self-awareness. you got to be able to go to God and say, you know what, God? I acknowledge, I see that I have done this, I have done that. I am confessing this to you. And now I am asking you to help me to repent of this. Give me a change of mind. Give me a change of direction. I want you to listen to this preacher good. You can get a change of mind and direction with those new ports in your pocket right now. You can get a change of mind and direction, amen, with that liquor in your purse. You can get a change of mind and direction with that messed up internet browser history. You can get a change of mind and direction right now with that side chick. You can get a change of mind and direction right now with that other man. You can get a change of mind and direction right now. While you're waiting on some DMs. 
that you slid in that you shouldn't have slid in. Come on, somebody. You can get a change of mind and direction right now if you'll just turn to Jesus. Come on. Hey. I was teaching a Bible study last week. There was a man that my wife and my mother-in-law knocked on his door, won him to God. Been a drug addict years. He told me, he said, Pastor Prado, He said, one of the reasons I I actually took the invitation from your wife and your mother-in-law to come to church is because I had been strung out on dope for years. And right before the few weeks before they they came and knocked on my door, I realized that I had some some issues. He said, you know, when my dad died, I didn't care. He said, I went to the funeral. I didn't shed a tear. I was glad he died. He had abused my mom. This man is 73 years old. And he said, but just two weeks before they knocked on my door, he said, I was sleeping right here in the room. I was teaching him a Bible study in his house. He said, I was sleeping right here in the room. He said, and I heard a voice coming out of the hallway. He said, I walked out of my room. He said, he said, pastor, I'm not kidding you. I seen my dad walking down the hallway. He said, and all I could tell you is I knew it was God talking to me. Forgive your father. He said, and I started screaming at him, go away, go away, go away. He said, he said, I don't know if it was a vision, a dream, I'll never understand it. He said, and the man who looked like my father walked away. He said, and when he walked away, he said, I knew I had missed my opportunity to repent. He said, that day, he said, that day I started repenting of all the hatred and all the animosity and all the vigor that had been running through my veins. He said, I, I start, he said, brother, he said, Pastor Prado, he said, before I ever even got to church, I was, I was walking around everywhere just crying for days. Guess what? Sometimes victims need to repent too. Sometimes we've been victimized. And the problem is how we responded to our abuse. Because you... Let me tell you something. Sometimes you got to pray to God about how to respond to something that's happened to you. Because you can respond the wrong way to something wrong that's happened to you. You got to sometimes ask God, God, I know I'm going to have, this is a bad thing that has happened to me. But before I go one step further, I need you to guide me through the response to this. Because I can't afford to have anything less than your gold standard. Because I know that you have an answer to this problem. And if you don't guide me through this situation, I'm going to walk through my whole life bitter and angry. And you know what they say, hurt people hurt people and you don't want to be one of those hurt people that hurt people and so you gotta I'm preaching I'm preaching I'm preaching to somebody right now 
I know somebody right now saying, you know, he kind of talking too loud. Hey, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you put that aside for a few seconds and never mind the loud, sweaty Mexican in front of you. Hallelujah. And just receive what I'm saying to you because God's talking to you. God loves you, but God knows you've been responding the wrong way to something wrong that happened. I'm preaching to somebody right now. If I've ever been in the Holy Ghost hilltop, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. God's talking to somebody. God brought you to this service here today to get you over some stuff you've been holding on to for 22 years. God brought you here today to get you up. I'm going to give me a change of mind and I'm going to give me a change of direction. I'm, this is the time. This is the place. Somebody shout amen. Somebody shout amen. Not only do you got to repent, you got to be baptized. In water. Fully submerged. Of your own volition. You know, I got baptized when I was a kid. You know, I'm Mexican, so I was Catholic. But I didn't get to choose to be Catholic. And that's why I was Catholic, not acting like a Catholic. Because I never wanted to be a Catholic. I didn't choose to be baptized. You've got to understand that being baptized is when you identify with the death of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6 that we says that we are baptized into the similitude of his death. Let me tell you something. The death of Jesus is the pivotal point in human history. In fact, in, in, the, book of, in the book of Revelation, John says, And I saw the Lamb sitting in the throne. He says, And I saw the Lamb slain sitting in the throne. What does that mean? The Lamb slain inside of the throne is Jesus. And let me, this is not even part of today's message, but nobody sits in God's throne but God. Psalm says, forever is thy throne, O God. So if you see somebody in God's throne, that is God. Because God don't share the throne. God don't let nobody sit up in his chair. I know God nice, but he ain't that nice. <laughs> you, don't, you don't just park up in God's stuff. I'm telling you. But heaven still recognizes that lamb slain. It's a big deal to identify with the death of Christ. And you know, wherever the lamb was slain, there was an assembly. Because John said, I saw the lamb slain in the throne. And he was surrounded by the elders. And he was surrounded by all kinds of heavenly creatures. That's why you can't stay home. Because if you stay in home, you ain't assembled around the Lamb. You ain't assembled around Calvary. You ain't, I don't know about you, but keep me close to the cross. I don't know about you, but keep me close to the blood of Jesus. I and I don't think I'm alone here today when I tell you that I want to live a life that's identified with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. I feel something wonderful happening here right now. I'm almost done. I'm going to make one last tiny point and we're done. Come on. Oh, Jesus. And because I never wanted to be any kind of a Christian, 
I didn't act like one. I didn't live like one. And I lived my whole life like a heathen. But when I got older, I started wanting to make my own decisions. And I came to a church just like this. And they were preaching really loud, just like this. And I thought, you know, they're yelling too much. Just like some of you are thinking right now. And I thought, I got to get out of here real quick, just like you're thinking right now. And I, was th- and I thought, you know what? This is the last time I come, just like you're thinking right now. And I thought, man, they tricked me. Just like you're thinking right now. I'm going I'm to I'm be very transparent here. You know, when I got there, I remember I was like the youngest person there. The church was little. There was old people. I had more teeth than everybody in the building. I'm telling you, it was real. I remember every service, there was a man, God bless him, but he, he, he loved Fritos. And every service, he would just, in the middle of the preaching, he just was very entertained by the preaching. He'd pop open his Fritos. He had a big belly. He'd put his Dr. Pepper on his belly. Just started eating his Fritos. He was churching. And I remember sitting in the chair thinking, what did I get myself into? They kept inviting me to church. I told them every week, I am not coming. And somehow Sunday morning, I always woke up. I'm t- I, can, I can distinctly remember getting dressed for church saying, I'm not going. I'm tired of this place. That, that guy's always eating during church. I'm not coming. Standing outside waiting for the van. I'm not getting in. Getting in the van. In every service, it was the same thing. Who wants to get baptized? I was the only one in the building not baptized, so I knew they were talking to me. I thought, you know, I was baptized as a kid. I don't need to do this. But then they started showing me the scriptures where the Bible says that when Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. And I thought, you know, I didn't go down underwater. They sprinkled me. And then I started reading the scriptures where it says that Jesus, Jesus's disciples baptized many people there because there was much water. And then I started reading all the scriptures where, they, where, where it talks about the word bautismo, which literally means in Greek, submerged completely underwater. And so if you were never submerged completely underwater, it was something else. And so I realized I got to go down under the water.
And then they started showing me all the verses in the Bible that when they got baptized, they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 2 and 38, they got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 8 and 16, they got baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In Acts chapter 10, Peter commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Amen. In Luke chapter 12 and 45, he commands them to preach repentance and remission of sins in the name of the Lord Jesus. In Mark 16 and 16, he tells them, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Hallelujah. And he that believeth not shall be damned. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 19, the apostle Paul found some disciples of John the Baptist. He said, how were you baptized? Amen. Hallelujah. They said, we were baptized unto John's baptism. He said, hallelujah, it's time to get back in the water then. Hallelujah. Because John preached on Jesus and Jesus is come and John is dead and Jesus is greater than John. Jesus is God, the lamb slain in the throne of God. You got to get baptized in the only saving name. Acts chapter four, verse 12 says that there is no other name given a men under heaven whereby we must be saved. You've got to get baptized in water, underwater in the name of Jesus for your sins. Oh, come on, come on. Assembly is required. You got to get together in the church with God. You got to get together with the host of heaven. Then came the hard part. I got baptized. Then they said, Brother Prado, you've got to get the Holy Ghost. Here we go again. Every service, who needs the Holy Ghost? I was the only one. <laughs> and I knew what was coming. I was going to get a back massage. It was coming. I was going to go to the front, and everybody was going to put their hands on me. I knew what was coming. They were going to cry. You know, it always kind of shook me. I thought, man, they're, they're like crying like I'm going to die or something. I didn't understand why everybody was so concerned. Like, why are they crying? This is probably the most controversial thing you'll ever hear me say. And if it's wrong, your pastors can fix this. And you believe whatever your pastors tell you. But you know, the Bible says in the book of Exodus that they had to sacrifice a lamb. This was a type of Christ. They had to sacrifice a lamb. And place the blood on the doorposts. I always believed that they put the, the blood on the outside. They actually put the blood on the inside of the house. Because the Bible says the blood will be a sign for you. For you. God don't need to see the blood to know which house to skip over. God knows which house is covered. God, God got x-ray vision. He said, but you got to put the blood inside of your house. 
so that when you go out between now and the Passover, you know. And I want you to put that blood with your little ones. Watch them. Because you know what little ones do. Why? Why? What? What's going on? Why are you doing that? Can I help? Can I get a brush? And as I could see Ma, Ma and Dad right there just putting that blood on that doorpost. Explaining it to the kids over and over and over again. Because there's an angel of death coming. I'll tell you why else. Because had some Egyptians thought that were superstitious enough, they would have just done the same thing too. It happens today all the time. You see churches with no blood trying to do what churches with blood do? You come back next Sunday. That's a whole other sermon. But <laughs> No blood churches can't do what blood churches do. I'm just letting you know right now. It don't work that way. It just don't work like that. with you it is serious salvation is serious you see my wife's Filipino my wife's both of my wife's Lola's they're, they're, they're very advanced in age how old uh, 83 probably 83 almost my, 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 my wife's other dress, she's like 90-something. We don't even know how old she is, actually. And if we don't watch her, she will get on a bus and go to San Francisco. She, she ain't even like normal old. She's just... She, tell you something though if she lives to be a hundred that's still very short compared to eternity we started our church in Alameda with Bible studies with Nana. She was 90 years old. We brought her, we had a little tiny office that we rented. She came and she said, what is this? She started walking around. She loves walking. She just started walking around. We said, this is church. She said, this is not a church. She, she started looking for the bus. I said, no, Nana, sit down, sit down, sit down. You know, she, She's a sweet older lady, but you know what? She still needs to get saved. Because even if she lives to be 100, when she passes away, she'll be, she'll be dead forever. And so 90 is the short, the short half of the trip. Eternity is the long half of the trip. Too long to be wrong.
And so you got to get ready for the long haul. Because nobody's going to get a text from Jesus. Jesus, Jesus doesn't have a group text going, going out saying, don't worry, you're going to live a long time. And so I realized, I realized why everybody was crying for me. Because they were worried about my soul. And they told me, God doesn't want to just forgive you of your sins. God wants to make your heart his home. God wants to live inside of you. I'm, I'm done. I remember the day I sat in my room. Because one day my pastor just got kind of tired of me. He was like, you know what? You're going to go to hell. <laughs> they got tired of picking me up and stuff. You're going to hell, man. And so I went home and I fasted. I know you can't tell, but I stopped eating for three days. I sure did. Because I, I got it. I said, yeah, you're right. I'm going to be dead forever. So I said, I better really get this thing. And for three days, I prayed and I cried, God, don't come. Don't, don't return before I get the Holy Ghost. And God, if this Holy Ghost thing is real, I want it. And God, if you still fill people with your spirit, like you did Mary, your own mother, Peter and all the apostles, if you still fill people with the Holy Ghost, just like that, I want that. If you're still doing that, I, I didn't even know that much about the Bible. I said, but if you still do that, I want that. And at the end of three days, I could, I could still tell you what I ate on that day. I ate a blueberry scum with sugar chunks on it. it delicious. I remember the time and the place. I went back into my room. I got on my knees. And I just prayed like every Catholic picture I'd ever seen in my grandma's house. I just put my hands together. And I went to start talking in English. And I just felt water. Like water just start washing over me. Some just started washing over me. And I went to open my mouth. And I started speaking in another language. As the Spirit of God gave me. Let's all stand. Musicians, hurry up. Let's come. I preached too long. Hallelujah. 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 Let's keep worshiping Jesus here for a few seconds. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. If it's appropriate, I want you to just lay your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. I want, we're going to pray together. Come on, let's pray together just for a few seconds. Hallelujah. Come on, pray with the person next to you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's people that are going to be renewed in the Holy Ghost right now. There's some young people here. There's some college and career people here. You've been struggling with praying through in the Holy Ghost. You're going to pray through today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's pray together. God, break down every wall. Tear down every division. God, help us to embrace your word and not our traditions. Your word. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. If you feel like you need to pray, I want you to start coming up here to the front. If you're praying with somebody that needs the Holy Ghost and they know you brought them today, come on, bring them up to the front. Hallelujah. Come on, if you've never received the Holy Ghost, if you've got a child here that needs the Holy Ghost and they're at least five or six, bring them up here. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, if you would like to receive salvation, if you would like to repent today, this is a good time and place. Come on, if there's some things going on in your marriage, in your life, you can repent today. God is going to be granting people repentance. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There is power in the 
every chain, break every chain. He'll break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. So break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain.
chain, break every chain. So break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. So break every chain.
sing it before we go. Tell them, open, open the floodgates of heaven. Tell them, Lord, let, let it, it oh, let, let it rain. Oh, let it rain, let it rain. Let it, let it rain. rain. One more time, help me sing it, say. Open the floodgates Open them up, Jesus. And we love them all over this house. Slip that hand up one more time and just tell them thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It does not even have to be asked today for everyone feels the power of the Holy Ghost that's in this house. Amen. Again, we're so thankful that you're here today. Now you know why the Bible said where two or three are gathered together in his name. There he is in the midst. Thank you, Pastor Prado. Incredible word. I'm glad God's still putting my pieces together. Hallelujah. He's the God of the assembly. Amen. It's kind of cheesy, but I have to say it before we go. Forsake not the assembling. He's the God that assembles. The assembling of ourselves together. I'm just an old wretch in process. I remember, I remember praying many times, God, I don't know how I'm going to figure it out. And he said, don't worry about that. You just love me. Just fall in love with Jesus and he'll put all the pieces back together again. Amen. Amen. Right down uh, in our fellowship hall to your left, there is a, an incredible meal that's prepared for you. They are ready for you now. Hilltop Saints, if you could just grab a guest and escort them down there, we would appreciate that. God bless you in Jesus' name. Let's go find somebody. Don't go by yourself. There is fresh, homemade lumpia and pancit, and also there's even lechon. Come get some good, good Filipino food. Let's fellowship. Let's assemble ourselves together in the fellowship hall. God bless you in Jesus' name. You're dismissed.